The 24 Shades of Blue Cold Case Edition is about real, ongoing investigations. The following conversation may be disturbing to some people and is not recommended for all ages. Viewer discretion is advised. A winter toot, a 163-meter-long blood trail, and cell phone records. All crucial pieces of evidence that are playing a part in the investigation of 19-year-old Lynn Tao's death. What should have been a regular day for the art students turned into a violent murder that Toronto police are still working on to solve and to bring justice for the Tao family. At the age of 16, Lynn Tao moved to Vancouver from China to pursue her studies in the liberal arts. A few years later, she moved to Toronto with the excitement of getting into the university of her choice. Her regular walk from home from her driving school turned into the nightmare that still haunts those closest to her. Lynn had a bright future ahead of her, but her dreams were cut short on February 10th, 2002, when she was violently stabbed to death by an assailant that is still unknown to this day. This is 24 Shades of Blue Cold Case Edition. I'm Anime, the new host for this series. I'd like to welcome back Acting Detective Sergeant Steve Smith to this show. Steve, welcome. Thanks, Anime. This case is absolutely brutal. This is a horrible way to, to pass. Can you tell us a little bit more of what happened to Lin Tao? Yeah, as you said, this is a, a, a horrific case. I mean, Lin was a Chinese exchange student attending York University. Um, she was living on Four Winds Drive, which is just very close to the, the uh, university, but just outside, obviously, the university uh, campus. And um, she was two days short of her 20th birthday at the time. So she was just going home and going to enter uh, the complex where she lived. And this offender came up and stabbed her in the neck and uh, and ended up killing her uh, very violently. No, that's and that's horrible. And, and so we're just looking at the photo here. I see an apartment building. Can you describe the street and then the exact area that we're in? Yeah, so Four Winds is if you you're looking just to the right of the screen, it's a complex. So there's there's buildings, there's townhouses. Um, it's an area that uh, is very residential. There's a lot of people that live there, both students as well as people that that work in the area or live in the area. Um, so it's it's very dense, and there's a lot of people in and around the area at most times of, uh, of the day and the evening. So she was just heading home. There's a number of different theories in regards to this. Um, was the offender, um, in a relationship with Lynn? Uh, she was also trying to rent out some rooms in her townhouse. So had this person come to look at a room and did he come back later? Um, was there mental health issues involved? Um, was it someone that had an infatuation with Lynn? Because we do believe the offender. We do have the offender's DNA in this case and we do the believe the offender to also be of uh, of Chinese birth. And so I'm looking at another photo on the street. So this is the crime scene. It looks like it was in the winter. I see snow everywhere and, and a, a clear path. You said a lot of people walk this way and there are a lot of apartment buildings. Is this the path that she walked to get home? We believe that this is a path that he took to escape. So once he left, he ran down the pathway and we believe that that's why there's there's blood spatterings that went along the path so we believe that he had taken off this way where he went from here we're not really sure but the officers obviously in doing a 
a great job. This is 31 divisions area. They, they roped off as big an area as possible to give our forensics teams the best possible chance to recover evidence from the offender. And so let's take a step back with this incident. Um, how was Lynn discovered and who discovered her? Well, once she was stabbed, there was obviously people that that called it in that said that there was an event going on at the rear of the buildings. They weren't really sure what had happened. And when police arrived, they found that Lynn had been stabbed in the neck and and was deceased at the scene. So people heard and saw certain things. There were a few witnesses that came forward. But obviously, I mean, in February, uh, this time of year, people are also going to be covered up as well, too. So a brief look at someone, you may not be able to describe them to a T, but we did get some information that led us to believe that this offender was of Chinese heritage. And then the DNA did confirm that. And do you believe the witnesses at the scene called the police immediately? Immediately, as in probably immediately to them, whether it was immediately upon the event happening, there was a little bit of a lag, but um, officers were able to get there in enough time. Unfortunately, the wounds that she had suffered, she wasn't going to be able to survive. And what are we looking at right now? So this is the opposite side of the complex. Obviously, there's retail stores here, um, an entranceway to underground parking, that sort of thing. And it's just showing you the area that it's very um, mixed. So you've got high density um, residential areas surrounded, obviously, by um, commercial areas where people would go to buy food, buy groceries, buy gas. Um, it's a very mixed area, but very densely heavily populated area as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's mixed income, it sounds like, mixed population and mixed commercial slash residential site. Absolutely. And then you throw into... Uh, you throw into account the fact that you have university students also residing in these areas. So it's a very mixed population that's that's residing there. And so I want to speak a little bit more about Lynn. And so in her stabbing and what the police have found, were, were anything was anything taken from her? We don't believe that she was robbed or that at least we don't believe that the motivation was that she was to be robbed. We believe it was personal in nature. Um, If they had wanted to rob her, they probably would have wanted to get into her place. Um, It's not like she was carrying a whole lot of valuables on her at the time. So we believe that the motive was more personal than it was as, as of robbery. So you mentioned before different scenarios of the attacker. Could you describe um, who you think they are potentially? Yeah, I mean, we do believe that it was somebody that Lynn had at least interacted with. Now, whether she was in school with this person and this person had a bit of infatuation with her, whether this person had been somebody that had came to look to rent a room from her um, and maybe she hadn't rented a room to them or whether this was someone that she was in a relationship with. We really aren't sure. Once we identified the actual person, we should be able to make that connection and be a little clearer on um, how Lynn knew this person. But we do believe that there was some sort of interaction between Lynn and the offender and that at least in some way, shape or form, they did know each other. We're just not sure how close a relationship that was. And so the image on the screen, I do see a drawing. Can we talk about this? Yeah. So this was an image that was brought to us by um, people in the area. So witnesses or at least, you know, 
the best witnesses that we had to the actual murder gave us this sort of description. So this is a composite drawing of who they believe um, committed this act. So um, as you can see, it's, it's a person, a male, uh, rather full face, uh, prominent nose. Um, the hair, that the hair could have been covered by a toque or something as well. So the hair is, is a little variable. But as we said, we do believe that uh, they they are of Chinese heritage. Mm -hmm. And so you did mention that um, the attacker fled. He fled the scene and he left a blood trail. And so with that blood trail, what were you able to to take from it? And is there anything else that you could describe of, uh, of evidence that you can share with us? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, most of the blood trail was actually Lin's blood. So he was dripping it off of himself as he was running. But we were able to um, identify certain droplets of blood from the offender. Obviously, a lot of times when you do stab somebody, um, stabbing somebody, there's a lot of bones in the human body. And when a knife hits a bone, it usually causes some sort of friction and it'll oftentimes drive the knife back into the offender's hand, at which time it'll cut them. So any close contact murders such as this usually give us forensic evidence that we can follow up on. And now with the advent of genetic genealogy, we're able to apply new science techniques to evidence that was collected at the time and hopefully be able to identify the offender. In the crime scene, were you able to distinguish whether Lynn fought back or what happened at the time that she was attacked? I mean, Lynn was a tiny little girl and we believe that she was taken by surprise. Now, whether this offender um, knew her well enough to call her by name and then stabbed her with a knife or whether um, he just surprised her, we're not really sure of that aspect. But we don't believe that she had much... Uh, ability to fight this person off and especially with him having a weapon and he just plunged it directly into her neck which i mean is going to kill her almost instantly unfortunately mm -hmm. and you did mention there were a lot of people there uh, it is a crowded neighborhood could you tell our listeners how they can help well, I mean, if anybody knows anything in this, I mean, the person that did this, we believe that this was whether it was a crime of passion or a crime of um, infatuation. We don't believe that this is a hardened offender. Why they went to this this length and actually murdered Lynn um, over something that it doesn't matter what it is to take somebody's life is just such a, a dramatic step. So we don't believe that this offender is a, um, a noted criminal. We believe that this was probably one of their first forays into this sort of um, event. So he may have spoken to others and let them know. Um, he also may have went back to, to China as well, and he may have told people over there. So anybody that knows anything, obviously give us a call. You can call us directly at our office. All we need is this person's name. We have their DNA. We can match up the name with the DNA as long as we have a name to match it up with. And we'd be able to put that person in Toronto during that time. So that name is very important to us. And it would, it would, we'd be able to be able to bring this person to justice for what he did to Lynn. So on the screen here, I see an image of a Pokemon hat. Can you, can you tell me the significance of this? Yeah, this was seized at the crime scene. We believe that the offender may have been wearing this hat at the time. Um, so that could jog someone's memory. If someone remembers somebody at the time at York University that always wore a Pokemon toque, that could help us find the offender. 
As we wrap up this episode, Steve, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? I mean, just the fact that uh, that Lynn was a, a vulnerable victim in all this. I mean, she was 19 years old, just about to turn 20. She had her whole life before her. She came continents away to come to school. And this isn't Toronto. This isn't Canada. We don't let this happen to people that come here or our citizens. Um, we really want to bring this offender to justice. Lynn deserves that. Absolutely. Thank you to you, Acting Detective Sergeant Steve Smith. And thank you to all of you, our listeners, for joining us today. This is 24 Shades of Blue. 